Grace and peace be unto you, people of God. It's a great day to be alive. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What a privilege and a joy it is to be with you once again. My name is Pastor Patrick L. Tate, Apostle Patrick, and I am the host pastor of this podcast and the founder of this podcast as well. And it's entitled 5PM, which is the acronym Pastor Patrick's Praise, Prayer, Preach Ministry. Something was brought to my attention uh, the last time that I brought a word to you from the Lord, and that is, I often tell you what this podcast is entitled, but I have never told you the name of my ministry, the pastor that I'm the founder and pastor of, and that name of that ministry is Christian Development Center Institutional Church. Christian Development Center institutional church where yours truly is the founder and pastor of it as well. And just a little history from how this took place and how it began. Well, in 1996, I was a member of a church called and still active today, Christ Temple Church of God in Christ, where my then pastor was the late Superintendent H.B. Genus, and he's my cousin as well, but he was my pastor at the time, and uh, I've shared my testimony with you of how the Lord saved me and brought me in in the year of 1992. Well, I've also shared with you some of the things that the Lord saved me from, and it had to do with the streets and the partaking of things that are damnable and damaging to our bodies but we don't see it at the time we're doing it to ourselves because we're feeling a moment of pleasure that's really killing us. Amen. So in 1996, my pastor appointed me a facilitator and lead team leader, a lead team leader of a group that had to do with ATODA, alcohol, tobacco, other drug, uh, abuse, alcohol, tobacco, other drug addiction, however you want to say it. That's what A-T-O-D-A stands for. And uh, I was accompanied by two of the sisters in that group. And since I was the, the man of the group and also the one who had experience in this life, rather than book knowledge, what the two sisters had, they had book knowledge that helped. But it's one thing to live something and another thing to study it. However, because I had the experience that I had, my pastor called me in his office after one of our meetings. He was listening in and he was very well pleased with how the outcome was with the people that were being helped in this group. And he told me, he said, I want you to pray and ask God for a name for the group. And I said, okay. I said, you don't want me to get together with the sisters? He said, no, because you're the man of the group. And he sees something there that God wants to do with me. Okay. I took that. And I went about my business. And I went home. And uh, 
not that night, but the next day, because I was thinking about some things, you know, trying to figure what can we call this group? And why, why does he want me? I didn't feel qualified to tell you the truth. I felt very undeserving of the credit he was giving me because I was allowing the devil to cause me to try to feel condemned because of the life I had come out of. But God quickly changed that. Thanks be to God and thank God for the Holy Ghost. So what is happening is the next day I got on my knees and on my way down to get on my knees, the Holy Ghost instantly said, Christian Development Center. And I said, wow, now that's great. That'll be great for the name of this group because they would be those who came in off the streets, first getting saved or had been saved before, but fell away, would have an opportunity to have their spirit, their soul, developed in the word of God, not only the word, but the love of God and the grace of God, because he's a forgiving God. He's a God of chances and they would have a chance to experience the mercy of God at work. And the way they would be developed is to know that they are loved in spite of what they came out of because they have Jesus in their hearts. So this is the thing that I was going to tell the pastor and uh, the Holy Ghost gave me some other words aside from that, but that's not concerning this. That's a little different there, which takes us to another level, another discussion. But this discussion, praise God, I talked to the pastor. I took it back to him, happy and just as excited, just knew he was going to be excited. And um, I said, Pastor Genus, God gave me a name for the group. He was He was ready to hear it. And I was ready to tell him. And uh, hallelujah, when I told him the name, he said, what's the name of it? I said, the Lord said, Christian Development Center. And he looked real serious at me. I said, is that a bad name? I'm sorry if it is. He said, no, it's not a bad name. Uh, he said, but it's not the name of a group. I said, huh? He said, man, that's the name of a church. I sat quiet for about two minutes and didn't say anything because I had no idea that in God's agenda for my life, that one day God wanted me to pastor a church called Christian Development Center. And we sat quiet for a couple of minutes and we just kind of looked and our eyes told the story that, wow, one day I had to leave him. And that was not an easy thing because I loved, and in his grave, I still love my pastor. He was a true man of God, a real pastor, one who touched the hearts of people, one who was thoughtful and very considerate and very patient, filled with the Holy Ghost, had the gift of tongues. For those who like to shut down tongue speaking without interpretation all the time, sometimes God will give a preacher, a person, whoever, the gift of tongues. And if you're really paying attention, you don't always have to pray as for interpretation because sometimes in between speaking, he would give it while speaking. He'd speak in tongues, give interpretation. He wouldn't say, thus said the Lord. He just would say what came out of his spirit, which was the interpretation of what he had just said in tongues. So 
Hallelujah. He was a God-fearing man, truly anointed. God honored him very greatly because there was never a dull service while he was pastoring Christ Temple Church of God in Christ. This is not a slight to who's there now. I'm not there now. I'm talking about when I was there. And I don't know what goes on now because I'm not there. However, praise be unto God. God named our church Christian Development Center. And it's been approved. God's approval is on it. The hand of God is on this ministry because those who are a part of it are blessed. God does miraculous things in our lives. There has been elevation like crazy. And I mean, God is taking us higher and higher in him. And we are going onward and forward Christian soldiers. Forward and onward Christian soldiers. Moving, not backward, not downward, but forward and onward to the glory and honor of God. I feel the power right now. I praise the Lord because it was impressed upon me to share that with you so you'll know this is who I am and this is what I do. Praise be unto God. And I love it because God gave it. I didn't conjure this up. God gave it. And in 1999 was the first time I attempted to take a stand to do this. But that's another testimony I'll share where I jumped the gun and got ahead of God because of zeal and excitement and uh, trying to save the pain that my then spouse was going through from her, keep her from being uh, in pain from certain treatments that were being done. Now, that's another story, too. So let's go into our message today, which will kind of give you an idea of why I shared uh, that testimony. And the focus is on my late pastor, how he handled the members, not just me. He had love and respect and patience for all of the members and those who served under his leadership are thriving even today. His work did not go in vain. They are thriving right now because of his love for God's sheep. Let me get into this message. Today, I want to talk to you from Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 through 16. And this is the foundation of what we're talking about, but I'll cover some other things as well that are important footnotes to tell you on today. Matthew chapter 20, I'm going to tell it to you, not read it, because that'll take more time. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16 have to do with workers in the vineyard. I say again, workers in uh, the vineyard. And it speaks of Jesus telling the story of a man who went out early in the morning into the vineyard, his vineyard, and picked workers to work in his vineyard. And they were in the marketplace. And he went and got a third hour bunch in the morning. And that's nine o'clock a.m. And they were out there working from nine until the even, which we'll get to. And before they started working, Jesus had the story told that the good man said, will you be willing to work and what I will pay you, will you receive it? They agreed and he put them to work. Then he came back around to the marketplace 
and there were some standing waiting to work. And uh, these he sent out the sixth hour, which is 12 noon, and the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. Same thing. Will you be willing to take the pay that I will give you? If you were to work in my vineyard, they agreed. He put them to work. Finally, the good man comes back around and yet standing in the marketplace in the 11th hour were those who were waiting to go out and work, but hadn't been sent to go as of yet. He asked them, why are you still here? And they told him, because no one has sent us yet. He said, go in my vineyard and work. He didn't mention pay to them. He said, go and work. Now the story continues on. And in the even, the good man had one of his workers, one of his right-hand men, to call each and every one of them that worked so they could receive uh, their pay. And when he called them, he didn't have them to line up according to how we would have done it, as to say, the ones who started first will get paid first, but he started the pay with the last ones to go into the vineyard. And everybody was paid a penny. And when the ones from the 11th hour were out of the way, the 9th hour, the 6th hour were out of the way, it got down to the ones who were there the 3rd hour. And they complained because they worked all day but got the same pay as those who came later. And the good man said, didn't you agree to work for what I would pay you and it would be good? And isn't this my money to pay how I choose to pay it? Be happy that you're working. Now, this takes us to the topic of what we're going to talk about today. And the topic today is about the 11th hour worker. The 11th hour worker. I want to encourage you today who are just really getting started doing what God has given you to do. And it's been in your bosom down through the years, but the time was never appropriate or you were withheld by the hand of someone who didn't understand you, your calling or your mantle. God wants you to know that he's for one pleased with your faithfulness how you didn't give up and you stayed in the marketplace in spite of how you were looked upon, in spite of how you might have been laughed at, teased because people think that you thought you heard from God when you know you really heard from God when things are not moving for you like it's moving for them. Hallelujah. And God has a way of correcting that as we see in this particular passage where the 11th hour workers were paid first where they didn't have to hear nothing from those who came in before them. They went about their merry way and enjoy the, the pay without having to hear, oh, you should have got this or should have got that. I was here longer than you. It didn't happen like that because they were moved out of the way to where the Lord of the field, the vineyard would deal with 
the beginners as he saw fit because of their attitude come to find out. They didn't have the right attitude all the way through this. And you who know God has given you a mandate, a calling, and you know that you're chosen because this particular scripture does tell us that many are called, but few are chosen. You know what God has told you to do, but it looks as though opportunity just will not come your way. I want you to know that the time is now. God is opening doors. God is making ways. God is about to provide your opportunity to come forth and fulfill the plan of God in your life. Hallelujah. Where a lot of people miss it is this, and I'm not talking about the 11th hour worker missing it, but I'm talking about the one whom God has given authority to place his people where they are supposed to be. Where a lot of people miss it is we judge an individual from where they've come from and how they look. And I'm here to tell you, if we were in the biblical times as Jesus was back in the Bible days with Peter and all his other disciples, many of us would not have made it because we judge people from where they come from and how they look as if we have never done anything wrong and have always been beautified with salvation. We didn't always look like we looked. We might have thought we did, but we didn't. Salvation beautifies us. The Bible said God would beautify the meek with salvation. Hallelujah. So we have a, ha we have a bad habit of looking at an individual and basing their power, their anointing, their intellect, their intelligence, their cognizance on how they look and where they come from. But there is no comparison. When Jesus touches your life, when Jesus changes you, when Jesus makes you brand new, all of the old falls off and all of the new begins to sprout and grow and you take on the newness of life. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That means my background, my history, what I used to be, where I used to go, what I used to say, how I used to live, all of that becomes new. Hallelujah. And we need to acknowledge that, not based upon pedigree, whose family I came out of, not based upon who I know and have been knowing for years, based upon the power of the blood of Jesus Christ only is what it ought to be based upon. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. So 11th hour worker, get ready. God has something for you to do. And here's where we mess up with the judging part. We think everybody wants a platform behind the pulpit. That's not true. That's not always the case. God doesn't put everybody in one spot. There's so much to do, so much to be done, and so little time to do it. And God wants his people in place to make sure 
well sure that when the time comes to have to answer to him, that we can testify that we did our part. Where the kingdom of God can prevail, we as children of God have done our part where the kingdom of God shall prevail. And the only way we can do that is if we're in the right place. Hallelujah. And I want you to know God is dealing with people who have withheld those from being in their right place right now. Authority figures who have misused and abused their authority, God is dealing with them now. They never saw this day coming because they thought they had a monopoly with God. They thought they had it made in the shade and they found out that now is the time of exposure. We're in a season of exposure, of revealing now. God's not hiding anything from anybody and God's not letting you hide nothing from anybody anymore. This pandemic, if it hadn't done nothing else, it has brought the truth out about everybody. Everybody's saying how they feel now. They're not saying, oh, it's all right. I'm well, I'm doing cool. No, 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 no. They're saying what they really feel in their heart right now. That's all God ever wanted. But it took this to bring that out. And it also took this to bring to the forefront those who need to be exposed, who are withholding God's people from doing what really needs to be done. We need to be in the judicial system. We need to be in the government. We need to be in the school. We need to be in the hospital. We need to be in the jailhouses in our place, not incarcerated, no, but in leadership position to guide people to Jesus Christ. And if we're not given our due benevolence in our proper positioning, how can we do this? See, so God is saying your faithfulness is so key that you didn't throw in the towel, that you stayed with the faith while you sat and were laughed at, while you were made fun of by the who's who's club, by the special meeting bunch, by those who like to tease and talk folk over coffee and, crout and the crumpets. <laughs> God is moving on that now. So I want you to know, get ready. Your time is coming. Hallelujah. God has a way of dealing with people who does this, and we see it right now. We wonder why the doors of the church are closed, basically throughout the land, and everything else is open. The bar is open. The restaurant is open. The school is open. The hospital is open. Huh. But the church is still battling to keep their doors open because that's where the problem came from. Misrepresenting, manipulation, control factors, control issues, trying to make people what you want them to be instead of let them be who God called them to be. And now there's a problem and we can really truly sing the song now with surety and in sincerity, oh Zion, What's the matter now? Hmm. Zion don't pray like she used to pray. Zion don't fast like she used to fast. Something wrong with Zion. And Zion needs to be delivered. And one of the reasons we're having trouble 
is because people are trying to inch back into life as it was. And that's not going to happen. God's not going to allow that because we are in a new dispensation. We're in a new dimension and we don't even realize it. A lot of us, but we better take heed to what's going on. We are in a new dispensation. Hallelujah. And no longer is man in control. They're going to find out real soon. God is in total control now. And it's going to stay like that until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Jesus told uh, the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, starting at verse 13. He's talked about how the doors to the kingdom of heaven were closed because of them. And people who wanted to come were turned away. You can see it yourself. Matthew 23, verse 13, 14, and 15. 13 in particular, what I'm talking about right now. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, he says. He called them hypocrites. Not me, he did. He called them hypocrites. And he went into why he called them that. Because they caused the doors to the kingdom of heaven to be closed. And the people could not come and worship as their soul desired because of them. How is that? Because they start serving other gods. They started serving idols. And they turned their backs on the true and living God who gave them the breath and the strength and the energy to serve him. And after they got to a place of comfort, if you will, begin to dress like they wanted to dress and had the money they wanted. Then they turned on God and start serving money. And God ain't having it. <laughs> God ain't having that. And he put up with things for a long time, but when it's time to shut it down, you can trust and believe he's going to shut it down like he's done right now. And there's a lot of equivalency to that day and today. Praise our God. And this is why people in position cannot really properly place people where they belong because they're hearing something else and they're saying it's God and it ain't because God has already let it be known what he wants done. And his remnant is taking up the baton and running with it and getting something done to the glory and honor of God. You can't stop the move of God. Nobody can stop the move of God. Once God gets started and give you the go ahead, can't nothing stop you. You can try to close the doors to somebody's church before this happened, but God will give them like he gave me a platform on a podcast you cannot silence the man, the woman of God. <laughs> Paul said it. Don't muzzle the oxen that treadeth out the corn. Don't shut him down. You need him. You need him. You need her. You need him, her to cry aloud and to spare not. And when you silence them, the people will perish because they haven't heard the truth. They've heard what you want them to hear, but not what they need to hear. And God is changing that as we speak. When it comes to placement, placement is important. 
If we want to see the power of God the way we need to see it today, we need to have everybody in their proper place. I have a sister who talks about that regularly because that's part of her mandate and assignment to talk about proper placement. How can you expect a move when something's out of place concerning the body of Christ? Let me give you an example of a study I did on sheep. Sheep are trained by their shepherd when to move, when not to move, when to graze, when to rest, when to drink and quench their thirst, and more importantly, how to stay in the flock. And if one sheep, people don't know, that sheep have a pecking order. And if one sheep is out of place, there won't be any movement in the flock. Say a, say a shepherd is responsible for 75 sheep. This is why God calls us his sheep. Because there's a certain order with shepherding sheep. If one sheep is out of place, the flock can't move. Why? Because they are trained to know their place. Sheep know their place. They have a pecking order, which means they are numbered. Now, let's say you have 75 sheep and one to 10 are in their place, ready to go. But number 11 is missing. What happens to the other that are remaining back there behind? The other 64, they're not going to move. No matter what happens, because they're already trained, hallelujah, that they have an order. And number 12 will hold up 12 to 60, 12 to 75, because 11's not there. Because he knows 11 supposed to be there. So they, they won't move. This is why Jesus tells the story about the shepherd will leave the 99 to go get that one. Because that one has a place. And without him, there's no movement. Who's out of place right now? Who needs to be in place? God is saying, get ready. I'm going to send you there, but you got to be ready because we're praying for a move from God. We need a move from God. And in order for it to be in motion, we all have to be in our rightful place. He's getting ready to move. I'm telling you, this is why he's doing what he's doing. And if it takes sitting somebody down to make sure stuff is done right, it's been happening for the last 19 months now. He ain't through. We need to pay attention to what God is doing. We need to take heed to what God is doing. Hallelujah. So you're important. You are somebody, regardless of what you've been told how you've been made to think of yourself you are somebody to God God watched you not to be a spectator but a doer hallelujah and for those that praise be unto God my God have thrown in the towel I'm about done I want you to know God says get back in the race hold your head up your place is reserved for you. There's only one you.
Can't nobody do what you do. And can't nobody do it like you because it was put in you to do it. And without you, we're suffering. We're in trouble. Wake up, 11th hour worker. Don't give up. Don't you give up now. Because God is ready to come deal with you and put you in place where you can do what it is. Oh, praise our God that God has given you to do. Hallelujah. Many people always talk about that terminology, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And they were talking about whatever they were talking about. But this is where that came from. Matthew 20, verse 16. 15 and 16 tells you that those who started out last shall be first when it comes to getting goodies and blessings. And the first ones who got out there and got their blessings the way they got them, they got them. Amen. But you hold on. You be encouraged. And know that your time is nigh. God has something for you to do. 11th hour worker. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for this word. Oh God, we thank you for what you have put in our mouths to tell the people. So they won't give up and they'll know that there's yet hope. There is yet hope for the 11th hour worker. Because he, she is a believer as well. He is or she is not a he, she, not like that. But he is or she is a believer as well. So, Lord, we thank you for this word of encouragement. And I pray that it resonates in the hearts of those who have heard the word of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask all things. We thank God and amen. Thanks be to God that Pastor Genus was not like some who are today. Pastor Genus, as I said, everybody who was under his leadership is doing something beneficial right now to the kingdom of heaven and to the kingdom of God. Let me explain something very quickly. I hear you, Holy Ghost. When we, when we mention the kingdom of heaven, that represents the building church as well. The building church where we come and assemble for strength, for encouragement to hear testimonies and sing songs of praise that the testimonies will let you know you're not by yourself. Somebody else has had to deal with something similar to you and God brought them out and that gives you to know that God's going to bring you out too. The kingdom of heaven, hallelujah, is likened unto a dragnet. Matthew 13, round verse 52 through 56 in there in that area. And is cast out into the sea and brings in all manner of sea life. That's you and me. And we're brought in to come in and to be cleaned. That's you and me. But they kept the good and cast the bad away. I want to be in the good bunch. How about you? Amen. If we're clean properly, we will be in the good bunch. Hallelujah. So we just thank God for this. And we thank God for you. I'm going to let you go. But as you can see, I'm kind of wound up here and I could go. But I'm going to let you go and let this word for this segment 
do what it does, and that is bless you. I pray that it blesses you, and I pray that if someone is not saved and has heard this word, will pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing me to know that I matter too. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Save me from my sins. Cleanse me of my sins with your blood. I am so sorry. Lord, my life, be my savior, be my king. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer and believed what you've prayed, guess what? You're part of the holy family. Welcome to the family. Glory be to God. And the angels are rejoicing over you. Hallelujah. Praise our God. All right, beloved, we're going to let you go. We want you to be encouraged and know that we love you and that God has you in his mind. Don't give up. God's got you in his mind. And there's something that he wants you to do. Keep the faith. Be blessed. <laughs>